Welcome to season two of Fairbank and Friends. How did we get here? Where are we going? And how do we stay present through the journey? Join us and marinate in the mystery. So I am here with Ben, who is a concert sound engineer um, who's gotten into meditation and cycling. And we matched on Hinge, but this is actually our first time meeting in person. Um, so we've had uh, long phone calls talking about life and meditation, therapy, and uh, but this is the first time we're actually meeting um, since I'm about to leave. So thank you for making the time to be here and agreeing to be on the podcast. My pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so first question is, what is one of your simple pleasures? It's a, a bit newer for me, mm -hmm. but really just like my morning routine. When I'm on the routine, yeah. <laughs> I'll give the asterisk. Um, I've gotten into the habit of making, just making oatmeal from scratch for myself. Mm -hmm. And just to have like a, a good, simple, healthy breakfast. And I'll add like nuts, dark chocolate, raisins, nice. apricots. Oof. And I really like, for me, when I just set aside, make the time to like have that, I'll usually be listening to like probably the 10% happier meditation podcast mm -hmm. while I'm having breakfast. Nice. It's like oatmeal, a nice coffee, just taking my time, finish breakfast, meditate for probably 15 or 20 minutes, mm -hmm. and then read until it's time to either go to work or, you know, get onto the, the tasks of the day. Nice. It's it when I'm on that, it really sets the tone for the day. And it's really nice and, and peaceful. I love that when I'm on that, I really resonate with that. Like the mornings when it happens, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the found. Yeah. It's like the foundation for the days. So. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what is something that you are curious about? I, I guess the mind, like uh, the inner workings of what makes you know, where. Yeah. Yeah, just it's a very big question of like existence and like and what it is. Like one thing that I always I've wondered about for a really long time before even before pursuing meditation mm -hmm. and, and all of that for a very long time, actually, probably since I was maybe an adolescent, is just curiosity about what consciousness is. Mm -hmm. Uh like the notion that I'm I'm me experiencing life out of like these eyes and ears and, and nose and everything. Yeah and wondering who who doles out consciousness you know like like i guess when you're you know a, a baby in the womb or something like that what is it what is it that makes me me experiencing out of this and not say being how is my my knowledge of my own existence not me in your head or yeah. any other person's head totally <laughs> i'm like this is why we connected because this is shit i think about on the daily and study because I'm like, it's so fascinating. Yeah. How I love studying perception and cognition and just trying to understand and how we can have such vastly different experiences of the same moment in time and how that is neither correct nor incorrect. Cause I find a lot of people it's like, well, no, my view is right. And there is, yeah. Consciousness is just consciousness. And mm -hmm. yeah. that one gets, that notion of perception mm -hmm. gets a little bit in a, in a sense, it gets scary because mm -hmm. the note, like the notion of truth, think of like truth as being like an absolute. 
and there's this there's a there's a song by an artist I listen to a lot, Stephen Wilson, where in the intro to the song, it's playing like it's not exactly a quote, but there's there's a female voice kind of just reading off this thing that talks about truth. It's like truth is individual perception, and that I that is like a jarring concept for me, even though it's totally true. Say more. <laughs> what what part of it is so jarring? Um. I don't it's think- jarring for me because I'm I'm like an honest to a fault kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Like I am a terrible liar, uh, and therefore, I mean, I try as much as I can to not lie. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's very easy to have a pretty absolute version of the truth. Like in any given situation, um, even if I'm at fault, mm-hmm. I'm going to relay, you know, tell what happened as. Uh, as straightforwardly as I can and not try to embellish or hide anything. Totally. And I w- and so for me, that I can view truth as a more absolute thing in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the fear, I guess, is that if that's not what truth is, then it's kind of like, it's like foundation falls apart somewhere. A hundred percent. This is, well, this is something I I would say I'm similar to you in that regard of just wanting to, if I'm sharing a story or sharing, like I try to be as accurate to my honest experience as possible, um, knowing that not everyone does that and that sometimes we can believe our lies. Also, I wrote a paper on imagination inflation and the parts of the brain that are used for remembering are also used for imagining. And so Mm -hmm. we can actually get crossover where you believe something has happened that hasn't. And so, yeah, that with perception and the nature of like, what is truth? Um, Because I think a lot of it is what do we see through our eyes? And there's this show that I watched recently and I won't spoil it called... Shoot, I forget what it's called, <laughs> but it talks about this. Con- You've heard of deep fakes, right? Oh yeah, they're yeah. terrifying. Well, this is the <laughs> thing: is sort of I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Like, what is reality? How do we perceive it? Because if I'm seeing this video that's created by AI, I now believe this to have been an event that's happened. And so, where where is that line? What does truth mean? How do we access that if not through our eyes? Is there mm-hmm. another way that we can really know something? <laughs> It's literally just stuff I think about on the daily. I'm just like, what is knowing? How can one know? Yeah. Deep questions. Yeah. Yeah. And like the deep fake thing, I mean, have you, I'm sure you've heard the theories of whether we live in a simulation. Um, I mean, what is a simulation? So there are theories. There is, yeah, I guess I should say theories because I'm sure there's various permutations of it, but, but with, with, the you know the speed with which computing power is is increasing Mm -hmm. it is it is realistically possible somewhere in the future that that human society will have computing power to be able to simulate existence totally as we know it yeah which raises the question of is this a simulation (laughs) who knows yeah yeah it's very very hard to say some some people will will you know, find evidence to support the argument that it is. I don't know where I sit on that. Yeah. I had a discussion with my, I mean, with my family, we have really good sort of like 
philosophical and metaphysical discussions. Sweet. And I was talking about it with my brother, and he's my brother's a computer programmer. Okay. And uh, and very much a skeptic. Uh huh. Um, and he's kind of like, for me, when we first talked about it, I was like, if it turns out that life is a simulation, I'll be broken. Okay. And 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 for him, he's more sort of like. Um, ambivalent isn't the right word about it but he's like okay with it yeah he's he's actually like there's a very good picture of uh equanimity um, there mm -hmm. that like whether whether it is true or not he's cool with it like what why does it have to change anything like this is my my existence and my perception of reality mm -hmm. in air quotes and yeah there's a choice yeah which that kind of helped helped me with the notion of it but it would still be like a very like a really weird blow. Interesting. <laughs> I don't even know why, because yeah, it's hard to, I guess it's hard to explain what reality is if you're really asked. Yeah, absolutely. You went deep quick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's kind of my, kind of, I don't know. Oh, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. I'm like, I don't really know how to do service. It's just not in my nature. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess I can, but. I prefer this. Yeah. 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 Um, well, next piece is what are something you're currently passionate about other than contemplating what is reality? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, inwardly and for myself, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about my work, mm -hmm. but I definitely am passionate about the, the path that I've set myself on in terms of better knowing myself, mm. growing myself, healing myself. Yeah. I'm very passionate about that. And there's also, I, there's also, I think a passion within me for, for fairness in the world. Mm. I, I'm not yep. doing a lot right now. Uh, externally to to further that agenda mm -hmm. but but it really uh it's painful for me to see you know inequality and and unfairness in all of the ways yeah. <laughs> all of the too many ways that it manifests itself Absolutely. in the world so there's a passion there around that mm -hmm. i just haven't really figured out how best to apply myself mm -hmm. part of that will be first first coming back to uh the balance in my life that i lost yeah. since since work has come back yeah i mean my guess is though by living with that as part of your truth of being fair that that is making a difference yeah i try to live that as much as i can every day um but i'm hearing you want to make like larger scale change yeah, I don't, I don't have, I don't have like the need to have a legacy, mm -hmm. at least where I am, where I've been in the last few years. I don't, there isn't this fear of dying and mm -hmm. not being remembered. I'm like totally okay with that. Okay. But it's more knowing that I'm coming from a place of privilege, like being, living, you know, being raised in Canada being a white male, mm -hmm. like I've got life on easy street and 
I want to pay that for it isn't the right way, but I want to use, I definitely want to be applying myself and not just, not just taking that for granted. And mm. I think that does require some, some farther reach than just, you know, doing my best to be a good person with the people that I, the people and situations that I'm in, in my life as it is. Uh, what has been one transformational moment from your life? Definitely, this is sort of not so much a moment, but a period was definitely getting into meditation during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. and I guess a moment in a sense, I'm mean, getting towards an actual moment, but in a sense, there was a moment like when, when the lockdowns hit and it became apparent that this was going to be more than two weeks. Right. I, you know, kind yeah. of decided, okay, no, I can't just can't, you know, sit here and be kind of wallowing and not doing anything with my time and decided, okay, this is, this is my chance to, to sort of like find some balance and work on, work on reforming some bad habits that I know I've known for a long time needed work. Mm -hmm. And that's when I, uh, decided to actually try meditation and stick with it for, you know, for a month or whatever and see, see if it was good for me. And I found that, yeah, it's extremely good for me. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. And, and through that, uh, I did the, so after about, I guess I'd been meditating for about six or seven months when I came across the consciousness explorers club. Mm -hmm. And after, after attending their sort of like weekly Mondays for about six weeks, it was like new year's coming into 2021. Mm -hmm. And I signed up for their uh, New Year's virtual retreat. So it was all over over Zoom at home. Yeah. And the did the Friday and the Saturday and it was all incredible. Like mm -hmm. I was kind of riding <laughs> riding a high from the whole thing. Yeah. And then uh, the Sunday, the second Sunday morning session was was led by this one guy, Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was on self-love and wow. it was a, like a one hour one hour meditation and i that was like definitely a very profound experience like i definitely went to a deeper place than i had ever been before mm -hmm. sitting meditation and yeah i really saw some things about myself and learned some things about myself that were, were very helpful and really important to see and are things that have stuck with me since I'm curious about the self-love piece. What, um, yeah, it's sort of thematically what, yeah, what kind of came up if you're okay to share? Yeah, absolutely. Well, towards the end, towards the end of the sit, um, Kevin guided us to sort of visualize in our, in our space, you know, all the people who are, you know, conjure up all the people who are, who are meaningful mm -hmm. to you in your life. Uh, and, and yeah, I, there was a lot during the sit and he, he also had like a 15 minute preamble mm -hmm. before the sit talking about his journey with it and, and, okay. and what he's bringing and, and things that I guess we should be not should be, but sort of the, the content that, Mm -hmm. that he's going to be bringing to the sit. Um, yeah. And talking about, 
all the roadblocks to loving oneself uh, and what it actually means to love oneself. Uh, There's the whole phrase of before you, you, how can you love someone else if you don't love yourself? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a second part to that that is almost never recited. Yeah. And I wish I could remember what it is. I'll have to, we'll have to go and (laughs) go and find it. Um, That's something to do with, Am I allowed to swear on this? Oh, hell yeah. Clearing away bullshit Absolutely, you like can. Um, <laughs> of course, we're not going to find it. I can find it okay. from, from we'll the audio. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can find it from, from like the oh, recording yeah. of, the, of the sit. So... I, yeah, there was a lot leading, a lot in the city leading up to this this last sort of ten or fifteen minutes mm-hmm. where we where we were conjuring up all the people that mean something in our life, and I just remember I had what came to me was this like crystal clear realization of like, oh my god, I'm at my own wake, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but I mean that's still like a pretty weird and significant kind of I studied mindfulness informed end of life care we talk we practice dying every like wow. I'd say weird for the general public but <laughs> yeah. like I am so it's super not weird for me don't yeah <laughs> so I realized like okay this like I was having a like visualizing kind of my own wake yeah in a sense and I realized that whole that whole visualization and experience and the feelings through that uh that I was looking at these people and receiving the love from these people that I wasn't willing to give to myself. Wow. And I'm still not there. Yeah. (laughs) But you had that moment, it sounds like, of that realization of like, oh, maybe feeling it from them in that moment and recognizing what the work might be, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Seeing that I do look externally to find the love that I'm not giving myself or parts of me are not are not giving to me yeah what is one way that you show yourself love currently i think with even though even though the habits have slipped the fact that i haven't completely fallen off the wagon of meditation and journaling and Mm -hmm. and going to therapy Mm -hmm. uh because those things are so helpful yeah to not only to my growth, but even just, just the maintenance of the everyday <laughs> and, being and being, you know, being nicer to myself. Yeah. And I have found that the internal monologue for me, it's never been particularly like the language has never been violent, mm-hmm. particularly, but it is still, you know, there firm. Right. And I find that it has, it has gotten softer over time to some extent. Yeah. So there's yeah there's some element of self-love going on there when are you the most happy when i'm with friends Mm. i would say like i found like over the pandemic was doing a lot of biking with with work friends who were also not working yeah um and it was great i got to know them a lot better we became like actual friends instead of you know like work friends right and yeah just yeah just being in community with friends whatever it happens to be that we're doing it doesn't have to be biking just 
sitting with a friend or a bunch of friends and just, you know, talking about life and yeah. being able to support each other is that's yeah. It's my happy place. I love that. What is something that you are afraid of? Someone asked me this very recently. Nice. Um, and then I thought of, okay, so there was one answer and then there was another answer that is definitely going to escape me, but I'm a little bit afraid of not truly knowing myself, hmm. kind of a, kind of an abstract answer, but it, but it's there. It's also kind of antithetical to, <laughs> to like what meditation is all about, even though that's that's kind of where it's headed. But it just, yeah, it's just recently occurred to me that there is a bit of a fear there, but mm -hmm. I think a more, I guess a more terrestrial fear is, um, I mean, so many people have it, but not of being alone, mm -hmm. you know, not having, not having, a good network of of people yeah who i can lean on and, and who i can be myself around yeah i get that yeah it's pretty natural yeah i mean if we look at it through the evolutionary lens like if you don't have your community you're dead <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah to put it bluntly yeah. yeah 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 not having connection yeah In this strange world of hyperconnection, that's not it's all superficial yeah it's not always nourishing that would be mm -hmm. yeah how i would describe it yeah what is a memorable risk that you've taken <laughs> there are a few i mean i the the easiest one to pop into my head would be skydiving oh yeah it's have you done it? Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Anyone who asks, I'm like, do it. Yeah. You can't not. And it's, oh God, so good. And always preaching that it's safer than it's made out made out to be. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's that's a, a really easy one. But I guess Where did you do it? Uh at a place called Swoop, which mm -hmm. stands for Southwestern Ontario Organization of Parachutes, which is in Dundas. So okay. It's like a forty five minute drive from cool. here, depending on the traffic. That was 14 and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done 18 jumps now. Wow. 17 of them. The first 17 were solo. And then the last one I did was while I was Did you on get your tour. certification? No, I want to. Okay. I, I haven't done a solo jump in probably eight years. Like it's been way too long. Yeah. Um, and I do want to get my license. It's just a matter of making it a priority totally. in, in my life. Yeah. Um, a different, I guess for me, a, a much more personal risk that I've taken recently is I'm a compulsively self-conscious person. Okay. I'm, uh, this is definitely something that was formed in childhood is I'm like way too concerned with what other people think of me uh -huh. at all times in doing, okay. doing just about anything. So that's a big thing that I've, I'm trying to work on and hey that's a big that's a big fear yeah to, to how are we doing right question. now on that uh in this moment okay okay like 
I'm, I am an, even, even though that fear is there, I'm an open book okay. with, with most people. Yeah. Um, maybe I've gotten better about judging when I shouldn't be, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I hope. Yeah. Uh, but with that fear, like in, in typical sort of like social situations, like say, say being at like a party or mm-hmm. a wedding reception or something like that, like dancing, mm-hmm. I'm terrified of doing. Okay. And it would always be the case that, uh, if I was drunk, right. of course I would absolutely have a ball. Yeah. I'd absolutely love it. But I don't want that to be the way, the only way that I can right. enjoy myself. And I've, I've always had a healthy relationship with alcohol, but I, but even with that, I've cut it way back mm-hmm. since the pandemic and I've been really enjoying being a like a barely ever drinks kind of a person yeah but with that brings the challenge of okay well i'm still gonna be in these social situations and Mm -hmm. and part of actually part of the journey with me with meditation there is a goal of being uninhibited in a healthy way not like completely uninhibited but like if a good tune comes on yeah i I want to be able to just like hop on the dance floor and enjoy myself and not be thinking about you know how good the moves I'm doing are or whatever, or like totally. trying to impress anyone or even trying to impress myself. Like there's a roadblock mm-hmm. to like dancing alone of like impressing myself. Right. <laughs> Which is a really funny one. But I guess a risk to come back to the question of like a risk I've taken recently. Uh, I, for the first time ever managed to be around to attend my work Christmas party okay. this year. Um, and they had all kinds of stuff going on. Like there was a DJ and a dance floor and a karaoke area. And of course, since, since I work for an, like an entertainment technology company, everything was like done to the nines. Oh yeah. Uh, but I, I went with the intention of, of not using alcohol as a crutch to, to mm-hmm. like enjoy myself. And I stuck with that. I had like a couple of drinks that, that I had from like the couple of drink tickets I was given. Yeah. But I, but it was a long enough evening that I was never really like feeling under the influence of alcohol, and everybody was having a blast doing karaoke, mm-hmm. and like, whenever I'm around karaoke, I like will draw a blank. I'm like, what song should I do? What song do uh-huh. I want to do? And this time around, I kind of like, after a while, I kind of like, it popped into my head a song that I was had been recently into and wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I like waited almost till the end of the night yeah. and like to the point where it was only the only people left over were like the people that I, that I work with on the regular and, and I know them and they yeah. know me, even if it's at a superficial level, but I went and did it and I was totally sober uh-huh. and I had a great time. Like, nice. like there were still like moments as it was happening where uh-huh. I could feel myself getting like really self-conscious yeah. in myself and just. And meditation had helped because I could just see that and be aware of that. And then right. to quote Jeff Warren, be a little mm-hmm. bit like, welcome to the party and, yeah. and continue on. So that was, that was a, a good step, like a good little freeing experience as insignificant as it, as it, you know, might be construed to be. It was quite significant in some regards. For me. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I remember afterward, uh, just feeling like feeling a lot lighter and, mm-hmm. and really enjoying myself and feeling more connected to like everybody that I was, I was there with I bet. Just like that work family kind of a thing. What song did you do? <laughs> <laughs> Two Princes okay. by the Spin Doctors. I don't know it. Okay. You'll have to put it on after okay. this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do, do you enjoy nineties rock? Um, I, I can 
I can enjoy anything depending on the setting. It depends. Right. Like there's certain things rock. I like, I love dancing. Um, I'm trying to bring more of that back into my life as well. Um, Cause similarly, I uh, have been hyper-focused on how others will perceive me. Even though when I see people dancing like on the subway alone, I think it's the greatest thing ever. And I just love that they're just living their best life. And um, totally. Yeah. So my long answer is like, I'm sure I would love it if I'm with someone who loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but the type of dancing I do, it does not lend itself to rock necessarily. Right. That's my long answer. Rock is kind of hard to dance to. It is kind of hard to dance unless, to. Unless you're like headbanging. And that's not. It's not particularly good for your neck. I think. No, <laughs> definitely not. I haven't done a lot of that. I also have not done a lot of that. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe we're missing out. Who knows? I've done it a little. Okay. I can feel good. Okay. I haven't done it hard enough to cause brain damage as far <laughs> as I can tell. Probably good. <laughs> yeah. So that was your song? Yeah. Nice. And then, of course, you know, in times when I'm nowhere near karaoke and I'm just, you know, going out, going about the day, it'll pop into my head. Oh, I should have done that song uh. or that song. I need to write these things down. Yeah. I'm very bad when put on the spot. Okay. It's like everything runs away. I totally got it. People are like, what did you do today? I'm like, I I have no idea. Let me, cons- <laughs> let me consult something. What's your favorite song? I don't know. I'll give you my favorite song du jour. Yeah. Kind of a thing. What is a dream that you have for yourself? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. We like to ask um, surfacey questions here at Fairbank and Friends. I think there's is it a dream I have for myself? Yeah. Definitely one is to have uh, a more peaceful inner world, to be more fully accepting of myself. Mm. Um, and it's definitely I can feel that there's progress going on in, mm-hmm. in that direction. It's definitely it's that's not a destination though. That's an ongoing path for right. sure. So I think, but yeah, there is, I guess there is a certain place I would like to be where I'm, there's more ease, mm-hmm. ease to just existing in the day to day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a worry wart in a sense. Like it's very easy to just get caught up looking at, at the things both in work and in day-to-day life and worry about them. Uh-huh. Even though I know that I don't need to need to worry about them. Like I've been on, been here for 37 years yeah. and haven't had a, com- you know, had a complete catastrophe, you know, make me become homeless or like right. have nobody love me or something like that. So mm-hmm. just to be, I guess to rest, to be able to actually rest in a self-assurance that, everything is okay right in in an ongoing way and not be not have that underlying under the undercurrent of some sort of a worry of embracing yourself almost yeah yeah embracing and trusting myself as i am who i am that would be that would be nice yeah and outside of that I used to have more concrete dreams about like my professional life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more fluid now. I'm not attached to any single like accomplishment or achievement um, that would get me there. But I, but I think 
just to continue thriving, continue thriving in my work mm -hmm. in a more balanced way and to be able to pass that on to other people. Like I've, I've done some teaching yeah. formally and informally okay. within my industry. And I really, really enjoy that. Cool. Kind of like my father's son in that sense. Cause my dad was a, a college teacher, oh, cool. a jazz music teacher. Wow. And everybody I've run into who was a student of his, You're like awesome. only has good things to say, including people who he had to fail. Like I remember after seeing, I saw Tool play in Hamilton, mm -hmm. probably in like 2010 or 11 or something. And was at, you know, a local bar patio after the fact and just ran into some people who yeah. were also at the concert who happened to have gone to, gone to Mohawk College and, and studied with my dad. And one of them, he had to give a failing grade for something. And this person who my dad failed still only had the greatest things to say. Yeah. So I kind of have, there is a dream there to, to uh, be, be that same kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And it's not like he was a, a, was a pushover or was, you know, going to pass someone who shouldn't have been passed. It was just that person that he was as a teacher and still is, is, you know, such an inspiration. Yeah. So I want to, I want to continue that sounds like his compassion for people comes through. And so it's not like you fit, like I didn't meet the requirements, but they know it's not malicious. It's just like, oh yeah, I just didn't measure up to it. And this is a person who does care and is not going to do this out of malice, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. What is something you want people to know about you? Oh man. About me, that's a really, really tough one. That's yeah, that's extremely difficult. Just brace yourself for the next it. one. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're related. Um it's sort of cliche, but I guess that. I'm here for them, whoever, hopefully in a healthy way. And hopefully in a, you know, with me setting boundaries where I should be, but, mm -hmm. but I really do in terms of, it gets into me, for me, I think answering this question, there's a bit of like, what is my purpose in life? Mm -hmm. And I have sort of answered that for myself, not well in the recent, in the recent past in that I really do enjoy, uh, just being able to be a positive, a positive presence mm -hmm. in the lives of the people around me. I just want it. That's, yeah. that's really all I want to be is just to be a positive force. Force is such a strong word. It's not what I want to use, but to be a positive element in people's, people's lives yeah. without being a doormat. Okay. I like that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, <laughs> trying to frame it in, and keep it as a healthy Right. Keep it within a healthy bound for myself. Mm -hmm. And how do you want to be seen? Very, yeah, very, very similar. I yeah. want to be seen. Um, I mean, I want to be seen in a positive light, of course. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, I just want to be seen as, as, a, as a positive energy and an open... A very open like, being. Mm. Yeah. 
openness by being on a podcast. <laughs> um, have you noticed a shift in the focus around mental health and wellness over the past few years? And if you're comfortable, how has that played a role in your own life? We've kind of touched in on it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I absolutely have. Um, for me, within, I think it's most evident in my industry. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Like, I mean, you, like use the word roadie and for the most part, it's going to conjure up like a cr crusty old white dude who probably has a substance abuse problem. Yeah. And for a long time, that wasn't really too far from the truth, mm -hmm. but there is very much a generational shift going on. And yeah. it's, it's very, very heartening to see, uh, you know, there's a whole, uh, whole generation of people who are getting this getting into this industry because they want to be doing this uh, -huh. uh so there's it's that there are people who are choosing to do this uh as a passion whereas it was previously an industry that was a lot a lot of people fell into oh. and kind of felt trapped and there's you know there's of course a whole bunch of bitterness and negativity right and unhealthy coping that comes with that and so there is a lot more openness to to actual mental health support and healthy coping mechanisms yeah. happening in the, in the industry. There's still a awesome. lot, there's still a lot going on, a, a lot of like unhealthy coping mechanisms you'll see in a lot of people yep. in the industry, but it's definitely been, there is a sea change going on cool. and it has happened quite quickly. Sweet. Cause I always wonder, I like, I added this question a to bring up conversations about mental health. If it didn't come up, um, but also I wonder how skewed my perception is by being part of the sort of health and wellness industry. I'm surrounded mm -hmm. by people where that's the focus. And so I recognize that that's just one facet of a lens. And I don't know if it's necessarily representative of society as a whole. So it's nice to hear from people in different industries, what their experiences. So I'm like, for sure. Am I delusionally optimistic about this or is it really changing? <laughs> yeah. It is like, I have a couple of coworkers who, who go to therapy as well. And mm -hmm. it's great to be able to talk with them. And, and I, I know that at least where I work, I'm fortunate that I can, I can talk about going to therapy openly without mm -hmm. really worrying about us, about a stigma about it. Right. Cool. I like that. Well, we're at our last question, which is, uh, choose your own. What is one question you'd like to ask me or anything you want to talk about that we haven't covered? Hmm. Is turning a question around back to you allowed? Yeah, sure. So I'm curious of how you want to be seen. Mm. Hmm. My answer is I want to be seen as me. What that means, I don't really know. Um, we were talking a bit about this before getting on the podcast. I think I used to have an interest in being seen as a person who would create a lot of space for people, um, listen non-judgmentally, compassionately to wherever people are at. And I think I derived a decent amount of, um, I don't know what the word, like sense of worth for that of like, wow, people are, you know, coming to me um, to share this. Um, and, I am no longer interested in being seen as that. Right. Um, I'm in a huge shift of shedding layers. I might actually get emotional. Um, 
layers of who I've been in other people's eyes that were committed to not seeing me accurately. I don't know if the sound will come through, but, um, yeah, shedding the layers of, um, projections people have put onto me that I believed for a long time. Um, so I want to be seen as, yeah, me, Michelle, um, which I'm still, I'm in the process of rediscovering. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's little, I'd say characteristics that I've recently reconnected with are fun, loving, um, compassionate, non-judgmental, um, playful, uh, creative, explorative, curious, curious AF, I would add, <laughs> um, constantly asking why much to the frustration of adults in my life when I was a kid. Um, yeah, that's my answer. That's good. <laughs> cool well thanks for getting me to cry on air <laughs> um yeah i've been avoiding my feelings about the fact that i'm leaving for quite some time until my friend was like so how are you feeling about leaving and i just said well i've been avoiding it quite effectively until this question i just burst into tears so thank you for helping me connect to my humanness my pleasure yeah awesome well thank you so much for being here um yeah, continuing to stay connected through what, 18 months of us initially chatting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see see where life takes us. Me too. Cool. Thank you Thanks so for much. having me. Yeah. Um, and I will post his info, like Instagram and stuff in the show notes um, and any other resources we talked about. So thank you. A pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in and for all of your support. At Fairbank and Friends, we are learning through the past, creating stories of meaning, respecting the differences of all beings, propelling ourselves consciously into the future, and striving for presence each step of the way. We hope you enjoy dancing in the chaos of life.